Hello and welcome back to Offbeat Grad. Here we are again. Yes, I'm talking to myself. I'm going to stop apologizing for that because it's just my life now. Um, actually, I have a few more podcasts scheduled for the next few weeks that aren't just me talking to myself, so give me a gold star. Anyway, today we're going to talk about finding your niche, which is a question I get a lot. I know I say that a lot. I'm not making it up. Um, finding your niche is super important, and whenever anyone comes to me being like, oh, I want to start a blog, I'm always like, um, you got a niche? Because I'm all about niche life. Um, niche is so important, it's not just a buzzword, which is rare because usually all these kinds of weird terms are buzzwords, but this one's not, so that's exciting. So finding your niche is important not just to bloggers, it's important to freelancers, it's important to YouTubers, Instagrammers, literally anyone. If you're doing anything online, seriously, not just like posting cat photos, even though that is a niche, you need a niche. Um, What is a niche? What is it? Basically, it's just who you're talking to. It's your audience. It's specific. It's not just, I'm talking to young women. It's like, I'm talking to young women in college who are interested in academics. That's a niche. So why do you need a niche? We will talk about an example. Have you ever been to a website and it's maybe like a cooking video and you're like, oh, I love cooking, so I'm going to click on this. And then you click on it and you watch the cooking video and there's like an unnecessary backstory about the person's life. And then you click somewhere else. You're like, oh, I love this cooking video. Can't wait to see some more. So you click somewhere else and then it's like not cooking anymore. Suddenly it's like, here's how to knit. And you're like, no. So you quick quick click off quickly because you came for one thing and it started trying to sell you something else and you weren't here for it that's why you need a niche because you don't want to confuse your audience especially at first like yeah you see big websites like buzzfeed and thought catalog and all of these that have all these different topics and they seem to coexist but that works because that's such a big publication with so many authors and so many audience members that they can get away with that Um, when you're that big you can niche about whatever you want. Although you can make an argument that those websites also have a niche. But anyway, we are talking about what you're specifically going to talk about and why it appeals to your specific niche slash slash audience. So now that we've explained why you need a niche, because you don't want to confuse your visitors, you love them, you want them to buy from you, and you can't confuse them, at least not at first. Let's talk about how to actually find a niche. So, like, what makes a good niche? Some are bad. A lot of them are bad. Honestly, today, most niches are bad because we live in such an oversaturated market. Everything today is over the top. There's too many. If I see another fashion blog, I'm going to gouge my eyes out. There's too many. Um, You need to niche down. You can't just be like, I'm going to start a fashion blog. You need to, you really need to be specific because you're just not going to succeed today. Like, maybe 10 years ago starting a fashion blog, you would be super popular super quickly because there was like five fashion blogs. Today, there's like five billion fashion fashion blogs. So you're going to need to be different. Like, what are you going to do different that's really going to stand out in such a saturated market? Maybe you're going to do budget fashion. Maybe you're going to do eco fashion. Maybe you're going to do budget eco fashion. Even better. These are the really different things that make you stand out. Um, it's beyond just who you're talking to. The best thing to do is find an untapped niche. So if you can find, like, for example, the budget eco fashion, if you find that that's really something that you don't see a lot of people doing, then that's perfect. That's an untapped niche. 
even better if you're actually interested in it <laughs> and not just like randomly doing it because you want to get money. Um, if it aligns with your interests, it is golden and you should make the most of that. So how do you actually find what niche you could work in? This is a big question, especially for freelancers, like freelance writing, you try to find a niche and that's how you make money is you become a specialist at your niche and this is what you do better than other topics and that's how you attract clients about these topics. Um, so you can't just choose anything because supposedly it's something you want to be interested in if you want to blog about it all the time or write about it all the time, like you probably don't want to choose something you hate. So you're going to start with identifying your passions and your interests. Like, what are you the most interested in? Physically make a list. Maybe it's fashion, cooking, knitting, um, lifestyle in general, whatever that means. Um, books, writing, um, making videos. Like, all of these things are interests and passions that can translate into a niche. But you are not done yet. Next, you need to ask what problems you can solve within these ideas. So, like, video making. Let's say you love video making. Maybe you can help people make better videos, maybe you're great at editing, maybe you are good at making ideas or optimizing videos, like these are problems you could solve. I keep yawning, I don't know, I slept for 10 hours, I just can't. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway, so these are the problems that you can solve within your niche. Um, you're going to want to go line by line with every single idea. Make sure you can think of some legit problems that you can solve that you don't see a ton of other people already solving. Like, if your main interest is fashion and the thing you're going to solve is, like, help people dress better, that's probably not a very clear one since you can probably guess there are already a lot of people doing that. And um, you probably won't be able to do it better. Not to say that you don't have great fashion sense, but you probably aren't going to just get by on that idea alone. Like, you need to take it further. So, aside from those, as I just said, is... Um, woohoo! Make five blog post ideas. So, you already know, um, you're, wow, this is going great. Um, <laughs> you know um, all these different niche ideas that you came based on your ideas and your passions, and you know what problems you can solve. Now, make five blog posts, at least. Like, don't write them out, but like five blog post ideas. Maybe just write a headline, just a topic sentence, whatever. Um, if you can actually think of five, that's great. If you can think of 20, even better. Like, this is something you're really excited about. You have a lot to say. Clearly, a lot of different ways you can take that idea. That's a great sign. If you're struggling to come up with five, this isn't for you. Because <laughs> then you probably are going to think this is a chore. And it's just going to get harder. Like, I have over 100 blog posts. I don't know where I came up with those ideas. But I know that if I hated blogging about college or lifestyle or blogging about blogging, then I would probably not get very far. So that's definitely a no-no. So if you notice any, you can't come up with anything, cross that off your list. It's not worth your time. Next, now that you have your list, now that you have five blog posts, at least for each, it's time to research the competition. So choose one or two of those that you're really interested in, like which ones you came up with the most blog posts, which ones really, really excited you. Take those Go online, start researching. You can find other blogs that are already doing those. You can find Instagrammers. You can look on Upwork and creep on profiles. I do that all the time. Um, go do that. See what they're doing. Like, what are they blogging about? Have they already blogged about the top 10 of your posts? Have they already done it so well that you just don't think you could do it better? 
Have they taken it in a completely different direction? And what are they doing differently? And how can you learn from that? Like, if you see them doing so well and you really don't think there's much space in this niche, if you find 15 other blogs already doing this, odds are then you might want to look a little bit differently, look somewhere else. Doesn't mean you have to abandon the idea. Just means the idea is not done yet. Like, maybe you need to push it further. How can you really specialize? Um, on the other hand, if you notice maybe no one else is talking about what you want to talk about, then you might have just found yourself an untapped market. You found yourself a new question that needs to be answered, which is really hard in the age of the internet. So this is a great sign. Um, hold on to that. Get your highlighter out. <laughs> Put a big star. Um, this is a good sign. Next, after you're done with your competition research, um, so you already know what other people are doing, you know your best idea so far, you know what you're excited about, you need to ask yourself very seriously, is your niche profitable? This is a big question to ask before you get started, so you don't end up wasting like uh, all this time setting up a blog or a Upwork profile or all of this stuff, only to find out that nobody wants what you're talking about, nobody is really interested in investing money or time in this, so they're probably not going to read your blog, they're probably not going to hire you, that kind of thing. How do you really ask this? Well, one, looking at your competition, do you see them making money off of it? Maybe if they're blogging about fashion, maybe you see they're working with other brands, maybe you see that they're promoting their own products. Um, if you're looking for like a freelancing position, do you see a lot of successful people already in that niche? Do you see a lot of... Um, a lot of job sites looking to hire people for these things. Um, you can check job boards like um, Indeed, Craigslist, uh, or um, like pro bloggers. Do you see a lot of advertisements looking for freelancers who are experienced in this stuff? If you do, then that means there's a demand for it. Um, if you don't, then you might want to reevaluate it. Because like, sure, you can blog about gardening gnomes for like months. But if there's nobody who really cares enough about gardening gnomes to really pay money for more information about it or any products related to it, then it's probably not the best use of your time if you want to make your blog slash freelancing slash whatever an actual business. If you're just doing this like for fun, recreationally, then you can turn this podcast off now because none of this matters. Um, you could just do whatever. Um, if you're just doing it for yourself, that's great. And I think you should blog even for your business for yourself, but if it's not profitable, then I don't know how much time you're going to be willing to devote to it, or if it's really sustainable as a topic, and that's my personal belief, so, okay, <laughs> so make sure someone's going to pay you money for your idea. Um, if they're not, you're going to have to decide for yourself whether or not you think it's worth going through with that, um, or if you're okay with it. Um, on the other hand, if it is profitable, then that's a good sign you should keep going, so good job. Now, let's talk about a USP or unique selling proposition. This is what's going to set you apart. This is the most important if you, in the competition research phase, found yourself with a lot of different competition up there that you're up against. Um, like I said before, that doesn't mean you need to abandon it. It means you need to push yourself forward. So the unique selling proposition is something that you have that your competitors don't have. It's what's going to put you ahead of them. It's what's going to make people buy from you or brands work with you instead of someone else. So this is the same in a freelance situation as well. Let's say you're a freelance writer and you specialize in tech writing, what's going to push you further? Like maybe you have a degree in computer science. Maybe you've worked in a big tech company before. 
Maybe you've done extensive research in like the role of Microsoft, like whatever. These are the small things that are going to make you stand out. Same with blogging. Like maybe you're blogging about budget eco fashion. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this. I don't even know what that means. Um, Let's say you're blogging about uh, budget eco fashion and your unique selling proposition is that you um, personally hand sew clothes from like the silk of the little silkworms you grow in your apartment. That's pretty unique. I would give that person money. I'm interested. Um, Please don't do that. I don't think you can do that. But anyway, that's your unique selling proposition. It doesn't have to be that extreme, obviously. You can make it on your own. Like maybe your posts are super in-depth or maybe you include a video with all of your posts or maybe you're starting your own podcast about it. Like whatever you can do that makes you stand out from that competition that we just researched, that's your unique selling proposition. And you need to have that in mind when you first get started so that you don't really lose track or get lost in that oversaturated market like we were just talking about. You know there's a lot of people out there blogging about the same things. How are you going to be different? If you don't know that, then don't get started. That was dark. Anyway, you can get started, but like keep that in mind. Try to always push yourself further and like really don't just do what everyone else is doing. Do something different because that's how you make money and that's how you build a real audience. And this is a side note, but I'm growing a stick of bamboo on my desk and I just realized it is dying. Like I've only had it a month, a month, and it is already dying. Like I don't know how much to water it. I was afraid I was going to overwater it, so I've been underwatering it. Clearly that's not the solution. I don't know, so send help. If you know how to how to take care of bamboo, please send help. So that was the, the side note for today. Um, please send prayers for my bamboo. Anyway, how can you actually reach this audience? So we just talked about how you find your audience. You know who they are. You see who they are as a person. You know how to talk to them. How can you actually reach them? Like, how do you actually find them? So just getting started isn't enough. Like, setting up a blog isn't enough. Starting an Upwork profile is not enough. How will you actually land these gigs? How will you actually find your audience online? This is how. First, branding. You need to make all of your branding, your logo, your design, your um, copy, all needs to be written, designed, etc. for this audience, for your niche. Like, it needs to be clear when you first look at it oh, this is about budget eco-fashion or whatever. I don't know. It needs to be somewhat relevant. Like, you don't need to go back to school and study design. You don't need to pay, like, a gazillion dollars for some designer to, like, hold your hand through this process. You can do it. Just keep these things. Keep your niche in mind. Make sure whoever you've chosen as your ideal customer is someone who would be interested in the designs you're making. Beyond that, social media. Um, You don't need to be everywhere. I stand by this. I hate Facebook. I'm not really on Facebook. You can find my blog on Facebook, but I don't really update it ever, and I don't feel like I miss out on anything because of that, because I know who my audience is, and they're not really on Facebook. Honestly, who is on Facebook? But anyway, Uh, no one's on Facebook. So find out where your audience spends the most time. This could be Pinterest. It could be Instagram. It could be Twitter, but probably not. I hate Twitter. It could be Tumblr. It could be... Reddit, like whatever. Find out where they spend their most time and be active there. So this isn't where you spend the most time. It's where your audience spends the most time. So I can guarantee you that budget eco fashion will be on Instagram. They will be on Pinterest. They probably won't be on Reddit. They probably won't be on Tumblr, like in the same way. So that's where you should spend your most time. Spend your most time. Spend most of your time. 
and just keep that in mind. Same with blog posts. Make sure you can make a list. Like we said before, you need to have at least five before you get started. I think you should have an even longer list of ideas that are in the future. Things that you can take um, out of context, like evergreen content that doesn't have to appeal to a certain time of the year. Things that you can always go back to if you're not really sure where to go with your blog or your um, freelancing, whatever. Create a big list of topics that you can always pull from. Um, that is really relevant to your audience. This is how you're going to reach them. What are they interested in? What problems do they have? What questions do they have? You can ask them. Become an active member of the community on social media or whatever. I'm always on Instagram asking people what they actually want to hear from me. Um, just ask. That's a great way. Same with graphics. Um, you see this a lot on Pinterest. I see a lot of um, blog graphics that don't necessarily match their niche. Um, know what things people are going to click on in your actual audience group. Like, make sure they're going to really be drawn in by the colors you use, by the photos you use, the text. Good to know. <laughs> Finally, uh, let's talk about sticking to your niche. Um, a lot of new bloggers uh, feel really trapped by their niche. I understand this. And they're afraid to branch out. I think you should be afraid to branch out. I don't think you should branch out at first. At first. That's the key. Um, you need to be consistent at first. Remember that example I gave in the beginning where I was like, hey, you get to a website and you click on one thing and it's suddenly completely different? You don't want to confuse your users like that. They're coming to your website because they want to see a specific post. You want them to stick around and find other posts. You want them to know that the next post they click on is going to be the same quality, a similar topic, something they're interested in. If it's not, they're probably not going to come back. And also learn how to interact with your audience. So you want to be consistent, but you also want to be consistent in your interactions. And this means learning how to adapt to your niche. Be aware of any changes that are happening in the industry, in the whatever, the news. Like things happen, like maybe even in the budget eco-fashion niche. Like things are probably happening, so stay aware of them. Interact with your audience. Network with other bloggers who are already there. You already got that list from the competition. Interact with them, um, interact with your users, see, respond to comments on Instagram and your blog posts, that kind of stuff. You can branch out, but I would wait until you have a clear audience. Make sure you know who you're talking to, and they've started identifying a similar need. So, let's say the budget eco-fashion. Suddenly, they start talking about other ways to be um, eco-friendly in your life that are also on a budget, like being eco-friendly in your house, like whatever. That's related. Or uh, makeup, eco-friendly budget makeup. That's another great topic that sort of ties in. So I would go with similar niches under the same umbrella. Um, you can also wait until your audience has come to you with questions or has identified like a similar need. So someone might say, hey, I really love this post on like the five best jeans um, that are under $25 that don't hurt the environment. I would love a similar post on foundation products. Like, great. That's a great idea. And that is a great way to adventure into new territory like makeup without having to completely abandon that niche. You can guess that you're probably not going to isolate any users this way, so smart move. I would just wait a little bit. Maybe don't just start off your blog with all of these posts that are a little bit all over the place. Just wait. Wait a few months. Wait till you've got some people reading. Then start to verge into similar territories. That's how you get to be a real big expert in your niche. So, hooray! This was my podcast on niches. I feel like I talk about niches all the time, and I'm glad I finally got to address it in a podcast. I thought this was going to be a short podcast, but then I had a lot to say. Um, don't know why I'm narrating everything that I just did, but it happened. Anyway, 
I'm going to get back to you freelancing now. And I hope you have a better idea of what it means to niche down and you're not afraid to do it. Like, there's no reason to be afraid. It is going to be okay. Just ask yourself what you're interested in and do those steps I outlined and you will get there. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week. I've got a lot of great ideas for this podcast and I am out here just trying to stop talking to myself. And (laughs) I'll see you next week. Bye.